Hey everyone, welcome to the Magic Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Cohen, and as always, I am joined by the head coach of Magic Gaming, Jonah Edwards, and today we welcome Magic Gaming Center DT to the show. Thanks for hopping on, guys. Greatly appreciated, as always. Uh, so Magic Gaming, currently in a bye week. Uh, next week, they will play Pacers Gaming and T-Wolves Gaming. Uh, the T-Wolves series is a makeup after that matchup was postponed a couple weeks ago. That series will take place next Thursday at 10 p.m. The Pacers game will start at 7 p.m. on Tuesday night. So, Jonah, has the bye week been helpful for your team as you get closer and closer to the ticket and really gear up for it in practice? And for those unfamiliar with the ticket, it's the third and final in-season NBA 2K League tournament uh, the winner of it will qualify for the postseason, joining the nine teams that advance through the regular season. Well, Josh, you know, I, I guess we'll find out, won't we? Um, you know, I think it's been it's been nice for the guys to be able to take several days off here. It's you know, we haven't had an opportunity like this since the second week of the regular season, actually. So I know that seems crazy, but we haven't had an extended break since since the second week of the season. And even then, we really didn't take much of a break because at the time we only had two games under our belt, and we wanted to to be prepared for for Utah the, the following week. So um, you know, this has been by far the the longest stretch of, of days we've actually had off, which I think is awesome for the guys. Um, you know, obviously it's something they, they, they needed, you know, um, I think it's important context, you know, I talk about this some, but you know, you know, some of the guys have not even been home since January. I mean, these guys have been on an eight month daily grind trying to get to where we want to be. So, you know, that can be a little, a little daunting at times. And, and obviously, you know, breaks like this can, can definitely be beneficial. DT, you recently switched back to center after playing power forward for a few weeks are you more comfortable at center or is it one of those things where you don't mind toggling back and forth between positions? Um, I don't really mind whether I'm at the four or five. I think we play better with me at the five. And I think like our team is just a lot more comfortable uh, with me at the five. Um, I think we kind of found a recipe for uh, success recently. Um, it didn't work out too well in the turn, but that had bands and stuff like that, but now we get back to our normal lineup. So um, I think we found something with me at center and with Robbie at the four, and I think we're going to stick with it, um, and hopefully we can make a run. So your next opponent, as I mentioned before, are the Pacers. Uh, they've struggled this year, currently sitting at 4-11. and 11. Uh, Last night they got swept by Knicks gaming. Uh, I got to be honest, I thought Indiana would be much better this year. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree, but – uh, they have some good veterans in Wolf, Nate Call, and Swizzerk, but it just hasn't really clicked for them. At least that's been the way it seems. Uh, what have you seen from the Pacers, Jonah? What makes them a little bit different? Or do you think that that they had a little bit more to work with than they've shown so far this season? You know, I, I don't think that any any team that sits at, you know, that record is is – you know, uh, happy with where they are. Um, so th I would say they're definitely underperforming though, you know, with the fourth overall pick, I think they were in a, in a kind of a prime position um, though. I will say, you know, they had, they had an interesting selection of, of guys like, you know, they have guys that are, are talented and Nate and Wolf and Jomar and, but kind of all play similar roles and positions on teams. And so I think it was all about just the fit there and, and if they could get it to work and um, you know, 
I will say one thing the Pacers do is, is even though, you know, they've been struggling, they, they grind games, they have their bought into the organization, they're bought into Cody uh, and his system and, and what they, what they preach over there. So um, no matter what, I still think they're a team that, that fights in every game. And even last night, you know, they didn't have their best performance, but I still thought they, they stuck around when they wanted to and, and definitely fought hard. DT, what's going to be the key matchup in this series? Is it you and Wolf at the center spot, or is there another positional matchup that you think will make a big difference? Um, I, I, I wouldn't say me and Wolf. I think it'd probably be uh, just Reed versus whoever their point guard is at the time. Just for the fact that I feel like when Reed is playing good, um, we're very, very hard to beat. Um, just for the fact like he – when he's playing good, all the attention's on him, so it opens up everything for everyone else. So, like, if he's playing good, then usually I'll have more slips, I'll have more dunks, stuff like this. So, there's not really a key matchup. I think it would just – if I had to choose something, I'd be it, – it would be our team defense versus their team defense because they do have a good uh, team defense. Their offense is slow. Um, so, our defense just has to be better versus their offense um, than their defense versus our offense if I had to pick a matchup. Yeah, and it should be an interesting series. I would imagine that seeding for the ticket uh, could be determined through this mm-hmm. series. So that's always a big factor as well. Uh, moving over to the T-Wolves, currently they're 7-6. and six. They'll actually play several makeup series next week after having to postpone several of their games the prior few weeks. Uh, earlier this week, they played a fun series against Warriors Gaming Squad. Golden State prevailed in that series in three games, but – it was very competitive. What makes Minnesota unique, Jonah? Obviously, many are familiar with Bear to Beast after that run he had in last year's playoffs. Who else from that group really stands out for that squad? Yeah, you know, uh, my opinion, it's, it's Feast, uh, Mihad. Their, their center now, obviously, he was, he was a power forward last year. And, you know, I was one of the, the few people, I think, that was, you know, saying that, you know, obviously Bear is excellent, but I thought their best player last year was Feast. I think he's an incredible, incredible player defensively, um, you know, incredibly smart and, and talented. And, and also, I think, is, is huge in the locker room, is just a guy that you, everyone likes, everyone can rely on. So um, that, that's where my head goes is, is Feast. I think that's going to be – you know, a, a tough matchup for DT. One of, one of the better matchups, you know, we talk about the matchup between DT and Wolf. I think the, the DT and Feast matchups much more compelling. And obviously, you know, Baron Reed were both, you know, two of the, two of the best uh, rookie point guards last season. And um, so that, that's, that should be a good game. I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to that one. Was it a big surprise DT last season when they won the championship? They didn't start off so hot, but they really turned it on in the second half of the year and were just outstanding in the postseason beating the 76ers in the finals? Um, I didn't think it was like a shock or anything. Uh, just for the fact that I think uh, starting kind of slow and getting hot late is always the better. Um, obviously, you want to be hot all the time, but if I had to choose, that'd be what I want. Just for the fact that look at the season one, the Knicks, they weren't that good, but then they won the ticket and then they made their run. Last year, the Wolves weren't that good. Then they won a win streak and made their run. So um, once a team gets hot, uh, it's hard to stop them. So I wasn't really shocked at all. And from personal experience last year, um, I feel like if we made the playoffs last year, we would have been one of the best teams and the hardest teams to get out because we were just so hot. We were beating everyone that was in our way. Uh, even at the ticket, um, we we're, we we're basically one shot away from beating the Warriors and going to the finals on the ticket. So uh, 
it wasn't a shocker to me. Uh, they were on their win streak and they were hot, so I knew they could take out anyone. Um, and that's what they did. Yeah, you make a really good point. I mean, season one, Nick's gaming was pretty much out of the mix for three quarters of the season. Mm -hmm. They go on that crazy run in the ticket, make the playoffs, and then all of a sudden they're a juggernaut in the postseason. Is that another confidence boost for you guys, knowing that it's still an availability to make the playoffs based on the ticket, the fact that it's going to be held after the regular season is over, and knowing what Nick's gaming did in season one so the door is still open for not just your team but all the teams who won't qualify for the postseason through the regular season yeah I mean absolutely I think I think we're we're super optimistic going in I I, I don't think that um you know we, we look at the teams that are going to be in the ticket you know we look at, at maybe what our path is and it's teams we we do feel like we're better than in a lot of ways and um especially when you know obviously we, we struggled maybe against Genji a little bit but um you know those were still close games without without a, an archetype we we kind of essentially need with the with the way we're playing and and things like that so um, I'd say the biggest issue for us, right, is that, you know, we haven't done a great job of closing out games against those teams. You know, for example, we were up early on Detroit, blew that one. We were up early on Atlanta. We blew that one. So these are several teams that, you know, could be in, in the ticket that, you know, we have had good opportunities against and maybe have kind of blundered in, in certain ways. So it's all about, you know, ourselves and controlling, you know, um, you know, beating who we're supposed to beat, you know, playing the way we know we can the entire game, not just one quarter or one and a half quarters. So I'm going to toss out a few questions and you guys can go back and forth with your opinions and perspectives of each. Uh, first one, which team do you think has exceeded expectations the most? Maybe a team that going into the year you really didn't think would be near the top of the standings, but currently are. Ooh, what do you go ahead, hard one. Um, I mean, obviously, I can say the Raptors, and I didn't think they're they were gonna do what they're doing right now. Um, but that's an easy one. Um, I'm gonna say the Hornets. The Hornets or the Mavs. Um, I thought the Hornets were actually not gonna be good at all. Uh, Snubby didn't, I, and I know Snubby. Snubby's one of my closest friends. Um, so I knew he would be good at, even if he didn't play the game. Uh, which he didn't during retail, but I knew he'd be good. But they had – they drafted, what, five rookies? Um, yeah. So I thought they were going to be, like, just an average team. Like, not a team that at the bottom, but not one of the best teams. Um, and the Mavs, too. I thought the Mavs were just going to be average last year towards the end of the season. This goes back to my other statement about you don't want to start hot and end cold. Um, the Mavs were 10-0 and and finished, like, 11-5 and during the regular season or something like that. Um, so they're like very, like, they're kind of below average towards the end of the season. And then they got bounced out in the first round. Um, so I thought this year they were going to be average again, but they started out hot. Um, that the Mavs are a very good team at finishing games, like winning close games, at, at the games that they're supposed to win, they win. And I feel like that's why they're always like in the mix. Um, so yeah, I'd either say if I wasn't going to say the Raptors, which is the easy answer. Uh, probably the Hornets or the Mavs. Yeah, that, it is a tough question to answer, Josh. I, I would say the Wizards, maybe. Um, oh, the Wizards too. Yeah. Just because after their draft, I, I'm not gonna lie, I was I was unimpressed. Um, I, it's not that they, I didn't think they got players that were good. I think that they just they missed out on potential value in the draft. I think, you know, guys, they maybe got you know early second. They could have got late second. That kind of thing. So. Um, 
you know, that's, that's kind of where my head goes as a team. I was like, yeah, they'll be good, but maybe not so good. And then of course they, they come out and they're, you know, one of the best teams in the league. Which player do you think has exceeded expectations the most? And maybe this one would kind of be like a most improved player award candidate type, someone that really elevated their play from last season, or if it's a rookie, perhaps someone that wasn't drafted high and has made a name for themselves. Yeah, that's a really um, tough one too. Uh, let, yeah. let me, I got one. I got one Go here. Um, this is kind of random, but I, I'm, I've been a big fan of Jomar this year. Um, obviously, the Pacers have struggled, but you know, Jomar was a guy who, to be entirely honest, Josh, I, I don't think that we thought he was very good the last two seasons with, with Portland. Um, you know, it's not someone we valued very high, highly going into the draft. We thought of him more of as a, as a third, fourth-round guy. He goes, you know, I think it was the first pick of the second round. So, um, you know, that's, that's definitely a, a, lot, a lot different than where we had him. And he has kind of lived up to that. Obviously, he had the $250,000 my team run, and that, that probably helped. He was definitely grinding the game a lot this year. But, um, you know, for him to be able to transition from power forward to center to point guard and kind of – give you a solid production everywhere. I mean, that's, that says something in and of itself. Anybody come to mind uh, for this one? For, uh, for me, easy answer would be Kenny, which I'm not going to do because um, <laughs> I didn't think Kenny would be this good as yeah. good as he is. I don't think he's the best point in the league though. Um, but I do think he's good. Um, for me, it'd probably be Bucks, uh, the power forward for the Hornets. Uh, I knew he was good, and I'm like, I'm close friends with Bucks, but when he came, I, I feel like he can be an actual superstar at the four, or like an actual star at the four. I feel like mine and his game styles are very similar um, from when, when I was at the four last year to when he's at the four this year. Um, I feel like he's, uh, to me, when I'm at the four, he's the only power forward I like. I have to be like, okay, yeah, I got to be on my, like, stuff. I got to play good today if I'm going to guard him, if I'm going to play against him. Um, and, like, he he really did surprise me. And, again, Snubby. Um, Snubby didn't play at all during retail. And I knew he'd be good, but I didn't think he would be, like, one of the better point guards in this league. Um, so, and Snubby hasn't played point guard. He kind of did, but he was more, like, of a secondary ball handler. So, he came to the league to run primary point guard after not playing all year. So I, I was a little bit surprised, but not really. But it's, it's, it's good to see that. Which team has the most unique playing style, just based on observation or if it's a team that you've already played? What kind of things do they do in a less traditional or common way? Is there a particular team that kind of stands out in that way where it's they're not doing the same kind of things that the majority of other teams are doing? Maybe it's yourselves. I don't know. But just in general throughout the league, is there just a team that's kind of unique in that way? Um, I would I'll say – okay, yeah, go ahead. You got it. Um, it it's tough to say because I'm not going to lie. This league is a copycat league. Um, so – if one team is doing something and it's working, uh, another team will try to copy it. Uh, so a lot of people started doing like the Raptors press. Um, but if I had to choose one team that's very unique, uh, I, here I'm going to go with the easy answer. Uh, I'll give another one too, but either the Raptors because they just move very fluently. Um, I, they don't overthink stuff. They just take what you give them. And I feel like that's one of the main reasons they're 14-0. and 0. Um, or the Pacers when uh, Swizz was on the on the four build, um, and they would go to him a lot. They would just win games with 
defense and then going down to the post every play. So either either of those teams for me. Yeah, I, I would I would say uh, Sacramento is one that, that has been doing it differently from the start. Um, they were the only team, you know, for the longest time to have their power forward guarding pick and roll. Obviously, we've kind of joined those ranks now. And, um, you know, but I, I, they, they definitely started off different. And, you know, they were the first team to run, you know, um, five out essentially, you know, with, with a shooting, a shooting big man early in the year. And they've done some different things with, with shots. It's, I think it's, it's pretty unique. And, but if it's not the Kings, it's probably the wizards, you know, what, what the wizards do, people don't even really realize how they slow the pace of the game and how JBM just tries to control. And, you know, obviously the wizards are by several points, I think that the top defense in the league statistically, according to just points allowed. And that's, you know, a testament to just how they play the game so slow and they try to slow you down. And that's why you've seen them really push Toronto in, in ways I think other teams haven't been able to is because of that, that style and speed. Is there a player you can think of from the 2020 draft that was selected after the first round, but based on how they've played this year, you think they should have been a first round pick? Um, awkward uh, for me. Awkward was um, drafted in the second, I think, like, 30th pick overall, something like that. Um, maybe a little, even further. But um, the way he's playing, he's a top lock in the league. Um, and he definitely should have been one of the first locks off the board. Uh, if we did a redraft, he definitely would be. Um, uh, one other one, uh, Reg, even though he did go in the top 12, I feel like if we did a redraft, he'd probably go top three or top five. Yeah, it's kind of hard to argue against against Reese as well for the mm-hmm. for the Raptors. Um, obviously, he went, you know, early to mid second round, and so obviously, you know, in hindsight, people would would probably jump on him a little earlier, you know, at least at least earlier in the second, or or obviously in the first round as well. Speaking of rookies, and obviously, we've had this conversation, I think, on most podcasts since maybe the third or fourth week of the season, and it seems to change from week to week. But who is your most up to date? Rookie of the year right now. Hmm. Uh, I'm going. I'm going Reg. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm going Reg. I, I I'd agree with that. Um, they're the Bucks are firmly in the playoff race right now, and I feel like even if they just miss, um, if they make it, I feel like it's easy, easy Reg. If even if they don't and they just miss, I think it's still Reg. I think. The only other contender was really Kai, and they kind of fell off. Um, Splash's numbers aren't good enough, uh, and he's not even the best player on his team. So I'd probably have to be Reg. League builds, season one, season two, season three. Which one would you describe as being the most unique compared to retail? Is there one that just kind of – vaulted into a different landscape compared mm. to the others that just I think season really two um I think season two was the best maybe I'm a little bit biased because that was my best season but um I just feel like season two everyone on the court could do something to change the game I feel like like with me at power forward I feel like I could just change the game just from the forward, just offensively and defensively. Um, and I feel like also last year, if you were a lock, you could change the game. If you're a point guard, you could have a great game and change it. Like center, it didn't matter what position you were at, you weren't limited to having an impact on the game. I feel like this year is a lot more 
PG and center focus. PG center and team defense focus to the point where like the three, four, five, uh, like the three and four can't really do anything offensively. And then the two, like maybe a little bit, but it's like so PG and center like centric that I feel like last year was way more balanced and just better in general. I mean, I, I agree with DT that I think the season two league build was the best one, though, to, to kind of, you know, touch on your question specifically, Josh, I think the, the, the league build that's least like retail is this one. Um, you know, I, I would say that just because I, I think that, you know, if you go back, you know, to and from the, the actual league build this year to, to retail, um, it feels so much different. Uh, where last year you could kind of do that and it wouldn't hurt you too much. And season one, I kind of thought the team up version of, of 2K just on the retail copy was very similar to the league build. So um, I, I would almost say this one has the most variance between between the retail copy. Is there something you would definitely want added or subtracted for next year's 2K league build that maybe you weren't a huge fan of for this season or you think needs to be added for next season? I, I don't I don't know if the league is already in those discussions as far as how they're going to prepare for, for next year's build. But is there some recommendation you might have to uh, make the game even more fluid or just simply make the game even more, I don't know, competitive, make it more exciting, whatever the case may be? Yeah, you know, um, the first thing that comes to my mind is just the RNG of the game. The fact that, you know, um, a lot of times when you're watching, you'll see guys, you know, they won't even put a body on you. They won't even, you know, get in your way. They'll just reach and they'll just get the steal. Um, those kinds of things have to go. I mean, that is literally just you hitting the button, the game saying success uh, on, you know, on the, on the random number generator that, you know, you got the odds right and it gives you the steal. Um, things like that have to go. The full bar animations where, you know, you fill the bar perfectly and it just doesn't green. Um, things like that. I think the more we can stay away from any RNG elements of the game, the more skill gap you're going to see between teams where, you know, some teams maybe won't, won't get punished as hard. And, you know, some teams get punished and it's just literally nothing you can do. So um, that would be the first step. But, you know, with, with the next gen consoles coming out, you know, things like that, we, to be honest, Josh, I don't know that, that the league is really knows what to expect for, for season four league build right now, because, you know, this is uncharted waters for us as a league where, you know, we, you know, 2K is not even releasing that copy of the game until December. And that's essentially what we're going to be building off of, I believe, for season four. So it's, it's going to be interesting. Interesting stuff. Yeah, it should be interesting to see what they decide to do moving forward. But uh, that's about all the time we have for this edition of the Magic Gaming Podcast. Great insight from you guys. Tremendous knowledge. And I'm always uh, interested in picking your brains on all sort of subjects related to 2K. Uh, anyways, like I said earlier, Magic Gaming will be back in action this upcoming week. They play Pacers Gaming on Tuesday at 7 p.m. and then T-Wolves Gaming on Thursday at 10 p.m. So stay tuned for all that action on YouTube, Twitch. I think maybe ESPN2 might have those games. Not sure yet. We'll, we'll find out what the scheduling looks like as we move forward here. So thanks again, and we'll catch you next time. 